Blog Talk Radio. Shark and Goon, everybody in the house. Uh, first Sunday in August, and we got a lot to talk about. The baseball trade deadline came and went. Who got better? Who got worse? Five weeks from today, NFL football Sunday, guys. So you got a lot of fantasy drafts in the next four weeks or so, four-plus weeks to get you guys started. We got all of a full slate of a preseason uh, in the NFL starting this coming week. So a ton to talk about at 646-716-5403. We are here for an hour. We're here for you. We're going to be here for you in the next month. Big Mike with the fantasy stuff. He's been doing it for you for years now. Vinny the Shark going to win you some money gambling, especially once college season comes around. That's his specialty. And my specialty is I do Islanders. That's all I do. <laughs> but I'm here in the middle of the two of them uh, to talk to you guys for an hour. But uh, it's been a while. And what better time to come back, guys, than uh, football right around the corner. And now we're going to hit, you know, the next 50 games of baseball as we see uh, who was the real winners at the trade deadline? Who were the losers? Um, in a couple of uh, minutes, probably later in the show, we're going to hear from Manny Kess from the Kess Group. Um, definitely going to be a very interesting interview. Uh, Vinny and Mike talked to him earlier this week. We're going to play that for you as well. Um, a good way to start off the, you know, the the return of over the top after taking off about a month to just chill, go to the beach on the weekend, go to concerts, do what we do. But we're here now, and we're going to be here every week. So uh, trading deadline, Mike. Uh, I know you've been the big baseball guy, how much it impacts fantasy. Um, it already started last night. Aaron Sanchez, um, Biagini, all these guys, no hitter in Houston. Yeah, and that was such a great trade. It really was. They made two very good trades. They went out and got, obviously, Sanchez and uh, Biagini last night, who you saw. Sanchez is a very good pitcher. I think he's just um, – it's more mental with him. The talent has always been there. When he burst onto the scene a few years ago, his numbers were just outstanding. Teams were trying to get him robbed for the bullpen, and that's exactly what he can do for you come the playoff time. He has experience out of the bullpen. Uh, in a shorter situation, you would figure that, you know, he'll be able to go all out, not have to save for uh, multiple innings. So I like that aspect from it, too. You're looking at now Cole, Granke, Verlander, and you could have Sanchez coming out of the bullpen because you're not going to need that fourth starter come playoffs. It's just it's this great setup. It's a great move. They short up the bullpen. And as far as the Granke trade goes, and we'll talk about trades, uh, you know, in a few minutes here, that trade was great for both teams. The Zach Greinke to Houston makes a ton of sense. You're adding a, a premier pitcher. But on the other side of the ball, the Arizona Diamondbacks got a great package. They got a ton of prospects. They really loaded up. I love the trade they made with the Marlins earlier in the day, bringing in Zach Allen. This is a team now that is starting to set themselves up after letting Goldschmidt go, now Greinke go. For the next few years, they're starting to set themselves up with a lot of exciting talent. The Houston Astros were the clear-cut winners of this uh, trade deadline, getting Zach Greinke out of the blue. No one saw that. And then even little moves like the uh, Biagini and Aaron Sanchez, the guy throws out six no-hits, uh, no-hit innings in his first debut with the Astros. And this is a guy we don't even know is actually going to crack the rotation. 
I mean, he's making a case for himself now, but it is scary that you get Verlander, Granky, Cole as a as a top three, and then everybody else they still have over there. And we also know that secret weapon in the minor leagues of Forrest Whitley, not putting up the greatest numbers in Double A, Triple A, wherever he is the minor leagues, but we all know the prospect. He's a top pitching prospect, so he's still got that guy in the works. Uh, I can't believe what Houston did. Uh, getting Granky is huge. It's not even like he's a rental. They're going to have this guy next year and uh, the year after that. They're taking on uh, half his salary. Absolute win by the Houston Astros. So you got to say at the deadline are definitely the clear-cut favorites to win the American League now. And the thing I like about the Granky trade is he doesn't have to go there and be the ace. Granky's not a guy that has the mental fortitude, I think, on a top team to be the ace. Doesn't have to do that there. He can be the second or third guy. Um, between Verlander and maybe Cole. I don't know if you want to say Cole's the two and three. I would, I would say Granke's better than Garrett Cole, but at I least Cole is the one. Do you? Uh, um, over Verlander? I think in the playoffs, it has to be Verlander just based off experience. But when you're looking at this season, Garrett Cole's been one of the top three pitchers in all of baseball. He's been that good. Uh, Verlander's their one. I mean, no disrespect maybe to Cole, of the but playoffs that's, that's all respect to Verlander. Maybe because of the playoffs. But, but isn't that right a good now, thing? Garrett Cole has been much better. Verlander's given up home runs at almost a record pace that he's never given up uh, and crying about the balls being juiced. The fact that it's Garrett arguable – the, the fact, fact that it's arguable is, uh, shows right. you how great Houston is and what place they're in right now. Yeah, it's not even just that, too. I mean, there's teams out there that don't know who their number one starter would be in the playoffs because they have nobody. Yeah, well, he's, like the or because they have too many guys that are good. So it's a very good problem for Houston to have. Um, and here they are. they got the most wins in the American League is starting pitching. Uh, right now, they are the favorites over your New York Yankees, Vinny, who I have to say had a very disappointing you know, deadline, especially with all the great things that Brian Cashman has done a team that survived so many injuries this year with Judge and Stanton and Sanchez and, I mean, go on and on and on in the bullpen with uh, Batances. Um, but here they are. They they gave up a historical amount of runs in the week leading up to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And then they go out there last week, and you think they're going to be on Stroman. Um, I don't think Granke ever would have been a Yankee, so I'm going to no. exonerate them from the Granke stuff. Never he was never going to come there anyway. But a Stroman, you heard Syndergaard, Wheeler, anybody Bauer. that helped them, Bauer who was moved, um, and the Yankees come up with a goose egg. Yeah, uh, very. I, don't get it. I was very, very, very surprised. Uh, sometimes uh, you know they're going with the sometimes the best move is not making a move at all. But you look at their rotation. This is a team that's still on pace to win 100 games. So they're doing something right. Obviously, the bullpen is the the bread and butter of the New York Yankees, the heart and soul. And that's something they're they're gonna you don't want to you don't want to blow them out. You don't want to blow out these arms or anything. But this is going to be a bullpen team. But at the same time, the team's just got to buy into one thing. We didn't make any moves. We're winning with the guys we had now. The pitching was really – it was only bad for those two weeks, but it was historically bad, uh, that rotation. Other than that, uh, there's no one you can really trust right now. Even Tanaka was like, oh, in the playoffs, we trust Tanaka. I mean, Tanaka's been horrible his last, like, four or five starts now. It's not good. So, yeah, as much as we wanted a starting uh, pitcher, as much as we thought we need one to get the next step forward, they got to buy into what they're doing, and they just smoked the Red Sox for three straight games now. Uh, just keep doing what they're doing. They're going to win 100 games, and it's going to be it's going to be bullpens, man. It's all about the bullpen. We're going to see bullpen days left and right for the Yankees because that is what they're going to be relying on going into October. Mike, they're dropping like flies, though. Encarnacion, Aaron Hicks. Uh, how, is this Yankee team going to – we know they're going to win the division. It's a formality. Um, are they going to be able to keep it going and win with the team they have right now, especially in the American League with uh, Houston? It's concerning. It, it really is. And uh, the Edward Encarnacion injury is huge because you're already a void on the DL. And, and then Hicks now feels something in his uh, his shoulder, right? He's going to end up probably going on the DL as well. Um, I If you're grading deadlines, you have to give Cashman an F. You really do. And it's not because he didn't really bring anybody in. 
It's also because this Clint Frazier saga continues, and they refuse to bring him up. They're leaving him down there. They're bringing up other people in front of him. You saw Ford is now up. Talkman's still up here. It should be Clint Frazier. He's that talented. And, and now this will continue because they just didn't move him. And I would have had no issue if they moved him for a reliever. I would have had no issue if you moved him for uh, a lower-level starter. Really, anything that would have helped the ball club at all to move Clint Frazier and just end this drama, I would have been satisfied with it. They did nothing at the deadline. They made one minor move with the Colorado Rockies, and that was it. And you know, with Cashman, I feel like he'd rather not have his prospects up because they'd hold more value in there, not playing in the majors where they might get blown up like Chance Adams. This guy, he probably could have got flipped for almost anybody you wanted to years Sheffield ago. Too. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Justin Sheffield, high prospect. By keeping them in there, he could get more. But the fact that he couldn't trade the people that weren't revealed yet and get and do these trades with somebody for a starting pitcher, it just didn't work out. It was just the way the market was. It just did not work out. They were never getting Granky. The Indians probably weren't going to trade Bauer to them. They're in the wild card right now. You don't want to face Bauer to the Yankees. Stroman, division rival, it just didn't work out where we thought it was going to go that way. And Bumgarner. The guy we all wanted 100% without a, doubt, a shadow of a doubt, he wasn't even up for uh, – he wasn't even in consideration. They weren't going to trade him. They were going to go for it. So, Which is who, stupid. Who were you really going to get if you look at it for Brian Cashman? Put yourself in his seat. Got to find somebody. Yeah. You've got to find somebody. You get so many chances to win a championship, and the Yankees are right there. And they've won one championship in night. This is the New York freaking Yankees. Okay? This is not Kansas City. This is not Atlanta. This is not even the Mets. No, throw both our teams out there. I'm not throwing shade. You're the Yankees. You've won one in 19 years. You're going to win 100 games this year. And you're going to go into the playoffs with a guy that you have no faith in in the playoffs as a pitcher. You've got to find a way. You had all summer long. You cannot get outbid for guys if you want to get somebody. And he did. And I don't know why you're letting teams like Cincinnati get Bauer. The Mets get Stroman. And I don't think Stroman's the best, but he's better than some of the Yankee guys have. And he has balls. And you need balls in the playoffs. And he has them. And you know what? Cashman did a terrible job. There's no way that you let Cashman get away with it. I mean, I sat there all day listening to the radio, watching, refreshing every site I could possibly do with my Twitter feed, everything, waiting for that move that the Yankees are going to do. And he didn't do it. You're right. It's tough. But at the same time, who really were they going to get without being absolutely losing that trade overall? Uh, I mean, like I said, Stroman, he's a division rival. Bauer to Cincinnati. Where the hell did that come about? Nobody had him going to Cincinnati. I mean, the biggest trade deadline moves besides the Astros or Granke were the Mets who are kind of in it now, but at the time weren't, getting Stroman and Cincinnati, teams that should be selling, becoming buyers. It just came out, out of Cincinnati nowhere. Cincinnati overpaid, and, and Cashman refused to overpay, and he should have overpaid. I think that's the point here. I don't he, think the Indians would have traded Bauer to the Yankees. No, probably not, but I think they really could have made a push at Zach Wheeler, and, and I think that really would have helped the Yankees' rotation. And that's, that's another team that's tough to trade. What was the last time you saw the Yankees and Mets make a trade? If you're overpaying, if you offered, they wouldn't offer Clint Frazier for rental. If the Mets were offered, I think, Clint Frazier for Zach Wheeler, it would have been impossible for them to say no with their need out in the outfield. Because, I, I mean, the Yankees. I couldn't see it. Or even Aaron Sanchez. The deadline was at 4 o'clock at 3.50. We hear the Yankees are trying to acquire Aaron Sanchez. That would have even and, and Bayani, that would have been a good move to go out and get one of them. But is Aaron Sanchez or or uh, Robbie Ray, are these guys really guys you're gonna trust in a playoff game as the number one starter? Over Jay Hatter, you bet. They needed a number one starter. They needed that guy. They needed Madison Bumgarner and the fact that he wasn't available, even as a rental, they would have gave up whoever it took for him. But everybody else that just wasn't there, and as bad as the Yankees need a starting pitcher right now. I don't think the deal was there for Brian Cash. I don't think they need – it would have been nice to get the one, but you don't definitely need the one. Look at all those years they won the World Series. They had a bunch of, of solid twos, Wells, Cohen, Pettit, 
None of those guys El really. Duque, uh, right? None of those guys jump out at you as like the dominant premier number one starting pitcher. Roger Clemens. Yeah, after he, fine. He would have been like he, a more. He wasn't. He wasn't there for the, right. the dynasty era. Right. He, he was there for what? End. The one exactly. The one uh, one World Series there. I'm, uh, Robbie Ray. I would have loved to have gotten Robbie Ray if I was the uh, New York Yankees. 100%. But is it, is it worth giving up touted prospects that you could get? How a, touted are they, Vinny? Because you also just said that Chance Adams hasn't worked. Sheffield hasn't worked. We're hearing now Garcia, who they said That's wasn't fine. available. He, he will sell them. You you tweeted about it the other day. He'll sell people you haven't seen play and and flip them, but he just didn't do it here. He should have sold David Garcia and Clint Frazier, and he could have gotten a Frazier. And you know what? As great as Cashman's been of finding all these guys like uh, Didi Gregorius and uh, DJ, obviously we know LeMahieu, but like you know all these little moves, Gio Arcello that he Luke finds. Boy. He has never found the starting pitcher. He's always Ever. he's always failed at that, especially of late. Brandon McCarthy, Michael Pineda. There, there's a lot of names over here that he's James trying to get Paxton. these pitchers in there. Yeah, Paxton you can put right now, even though I, I could see him getting back on track. You know I'm still a Paxton guy. Big Mabel's a fan. Uh, but he just – the pitcher, he's never done it right. So I don't think – I think it was maybe in the back of his mind, he was a little scared that he was going to get the wrong guy again and give up the prospects where maybe next year you could just trade for a pitcher, sign Bumgarner. I don't know. But, you know, you got to look out for the future as well. This is a team that's still going to win 100 games, but going in the postseason – Obviously, you're not feeling very confident about sending any starting pitcher out there. You know what? At the end of the day, towards 4 o'clock, you have to overwhelm a team. Maybe a guy that wasn't traded. Maybe a guy we're not thinking about. Maybe Bumgarner. I don't know. I mean, why are they selling off guys? Was ever but why are they selling off guys in their bullpen in San Francisco if they really think they're going for well, it this they year? Sell? Sam Dyson, just and he's and, been and, and Melanson. Uh, just, well, that's, two parts I mean, of their, yeah. that's two parts of their bullpen. They kept Will Smith, though. They kept Tony Watson. Oh, they I said, that maybe Bumgarner, maybe it's somebody we're not thinking of, but you've got to overwhelm somebody, throw out an offer that maybe somebody can't refuse because the Yankees, you can't go into the playoffs this year and be one and done again. This, they're not having that kind of a season. And you know, it's the old adage in playoffs all the time, pitching beats hitting. The Yankees got the hitting. And I'm, I'm just worried that right now, a good pitching team like Houston, I don't think that I would ever put money on the Yankees to beat Houston right now in a short series. On, on paper, obviously, Houston is stacked top to bottom, every aspect of their lineup, the rotation, the bullpen, they're stacked. They got it all, 100%. But uh, like I said, the Yankees, it's not like they're playing bad. They're still doing it. It's just a matter of can they do this in the postseason now. They got everything. They're going to they're gonna be fighting for home field advantage. I don't see them getting eliminated in the first round, especially with all the days off for the Bulls. No, because they're going to play the Twins. What they need, y'all, you know, guys will love that series. Pulling for that series as hard as possible. That's um, a scary team to me, the Twins. Not, to, not against not the, the Yankees. Yankees. Not the Yankees. They put up 10 runs against our bad pitching. We still beat their asses. You we, and I can pitch against franchise. the Twins and we win. We own that franchise, and it's glorious. They need Luis Severino to come back and be better than the Luis Severino because that's the bottom line now because they didn't get anybody. They are relying at all on Severino. How much can he handle? Uh, we know he's good. Who hasn't even done rehab? Look, so, I mean, Domingo Herman is the Yankees game one starter right now, and I do no. feel good about him. But as a game one starter, not what you were signing up to going into the year. It has to be Tanaka. Not, not this second. If the playoffs started this weekend, it's Herman because Tanaka has been god awful just his last couple starts. Tanaka's been owned by the Red Sox this year. They've made his season stats look a lot worse than he's pitched. Yeah, in the he, was, games. he was an all-star, and now he's, uh, his ERA is like almost five now. Well, the, he's had those two games against the Red Sox. The We're in the first and, inning. Yeah. He just couldn't get out of, the, out of his own way. Right. Um, I mean, we, we know that they're going to win the division. An eight-game lead, Tampa Bay is not going to catch them. It really is all about the playoffs. 
it is about winning a World Series right now, which it really always should be for the Yankees. So I'm not sitting here trying to say Brian Cashman has done a bad job with this team. Brian Cashman has done awesome. You just mentioned all the names that he's brought in, but it doesn't matter because it's a failure win the Yankees if you don't win the World Series. Completely agree. That's the bottom line. Other winners and losers from the trade deadline, Mike, your New York Mets um, with the Marcus Stroman. It was very curious is, you know, what the hell is Brody doing? And when they made the trade, everybody assumed, okay, Noah's gone, Wheeler's gone. But it seemed that his whole plan all along was to build this rotation that's one of the top rotations in baseball, definitely top five, especially on paper. And um, except for Wheeler, they're all in a contract in the next year. So um, the Mets have a very small window and a very small chance to make this worth it because the cupboard's very bare after what they've done to their farm system with their two big trades this year. Yeah, they gave up um, McKay from Long Island is supposed to be a decent pitcher, but they project him as like a, a number three if you're lucky uh, in the rotation. And then you also gave up an 18-year-old, very talented arm. But again, at 18 years old, throwing 97 miles an hour, chances you'll need Tommy John in today's age, it's possible. I'd say it's at least, what, 50, 50, 60, 40 realistically, right? So the Stroman trade I had no issue with. That's really all you gave up. The Wheeler thing is, is what's interesting because I probably would have tried to trade him. I would have seen what was out there. They're looking at it as if we don't trade Wheeler, which we didn't, we're going to extend a qualifying offer to him. Maybe he'll take it at $17 million, and maybe he won't. If he does, our rotation will be great next season again, you would think. If he doesn't, we should get a draft pick, and it would project as a fleet, you know, first-round compensatory draft pick. So I didn't mind the move by Brody. The problem I have, if, if you're going to go out and get Stroman, go get something in the bullpen. Go bring in some sort of arm from the bullpen, and – he didn't do it. And, and you saw it last night. Edwin Diaz has given up a home run in his last five outings. <laughs> they have to have, it's not, it's, it's, it's true. Remember, I know, we know. They Remember have, when he was the best closer in baseball? Well, I hated no, the trade. Was. Day one. You did. I liked it. You have I to have it. a four run lead to bring in Edwin Diaz at this point. And even that is not safe. Familia sucks. Lugo can't pitch every day. And Gazelman is better usually than not. So let's call it like that. He should have went out and made some sort of move for the bullpen. And then they could have tried to make some sort of serious run here. You also have to remember, they're beating up garbage teams. And we always say it on the show, Vinny. You say it all the time. You have to win those games. Right. Which you do have to win those games. But let me see you against Atlanta in Atlanta. Let me see you even in Philadelphia. Let me see you against one of those teams before we can even start talking about Wild. Let me see you at 500 you before gotta, we start talking about the Wild. You got to face the teams that are on your schedule. And the Mets have a pretty soft schedule right now. But you know what? They've been one of the best teams since the All-Star break, if not the best team, believe it or not. And um, around 500, they got a series of the Nationals coming up. So there's your, there's your. Let's Big get a man. real look at that as a division rival. Uh, they were going to make this push. Let's see if they could do it. They have to pass five teams to get into the wild card, and there's plenty of time to do it. Right. But any of those other five teams gets hot, and the Mets are kind of screwed. Well, let's look at it. In front of them right now, you have the Diamondbacks at three and a half. I would think after the Granky trade, they're going to start falling off. Right. They. They're more built for the future. I, I also don't... love them their their trade deadline, what they did. They oh, got a lot fantastic. of prospects we can talk, now. It was and, fantastic. Uh, and even even uh, before with Goldschmidt, they got a lot of top prospects now in that system over there, and still have some decent players on the team right now. That Zach Gallen trade, they added a future ace, yeah. and they gave up one of their better bats. I like Gallen too, but that was a terrific trade. And then they did that trade clearly because you're able to bring in Beer from Houston, who was just locked. There was nowhere to put him. Corbin Martin, who spent time in the majors, and then they brought in another good pitching prospect. That was a terrific trade for the Arizona Diamondbacks. However, saying all that, they're now built for future years, and I would think they end up falling off. Okay. And then you got San Francisco, Milwaukee, Philly, Nationals. Hanging around, but 
I think we could all agree we didn't expect it, and nor should they be hanging around. They're not a very good team. They won those like 17 games out of right. 20, and now they're uh, they're just playing 500 ball. I think they're five five in their last 10. Um, they just haven't been taken off the way they obviously they're going to take a step back, but they needed to stay at a pretty intense level of winning considering where they were coming from. And uh, I just don't see it. I, they just weren't a great team to me. That lineup's not threatening, if you ask me. Um, I think outside of Madison Bumgarner, they're not even worth ever betting on for uh, all you MLB betters out there. Milwaukee right. Brewers? They're better than the Mets. I agree. Yeah. But pitching, how did they not go out and get a pitcher? How did they not go get, even get like a Mike Leak or a Mike Miner? How do they not bring anybody in? That could be one of the worst pitching rotations in all of baseball. I agree. They um, needed it's horrible. Well. And they could have, they could have legged out. Like, my Yankees, I have a high expectation. They could have legged out for, like, a, a Robbie Ray or, like you said, a leak or something like that. They should have done that because the division's tight and the wild card's tight for them, and they're definitely in it. And they have the lineup to back it up and a somewhat okay bullpen. We all know Josh Hader, the big gun there, but – yeah, I agree. Without an arm, I don't see the Brewers getting in there. And Woodruff's on the DL. Their best pitcher of the season's on the DL. Right. That rotation is depleted. Let's get to the real teams now that the Mets have to pass, because they have to pass one of St. Louis, Washington, and Philadelphia. Right. Um, I would say Washington is really overachieved, and I think I'm more buying that than saying that's lucky. Corbin has been better than I expected. Uh, Juan Soto has just been awesome. Rendon is MVP numbers. Yeah, just really a really good team. Robles, I'd like to see more from him. Um, Strasburg got blown up last night as they're showing on the TV right now. Um, I think they hang around. I really do. I think the Washington Nationals really hang around, although now you've seen Scherzer on the DL twice in the last month. That's concerning to me. But um, I'm buying the Nationals as a team that really should be in it till the end. And they got some arms for the bullpen in the trade deadline as well, because they had one of the, if not the worst bullpen in all of the majors. So big arms coming there to help out. Uh, and I'm, I'm buying into that lineup. I'm buying into that rotation. I'm buying into the Washington Nationals. Now they fix their disgusting bullpen. Um, and then Philadelphia. Uh, listen, this has been probably the most depressing and <laughs> disappointing and let down of all of baseball. I mean, this lineup we were gushing over when we do in uh, fantasy baseball and just regular baseball previews of, oh, my God, who can you even pitch to? It, 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 Real Muto and Harper and Hoskins, they're all going to be better. This And Cigar, this is one of the most biggest letdowns I can remember in all of sports. And they're right now they're beating up on some teams. They're beating up on the White Sox. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if they, they should hang around, Rob. They really should. They even have a decent pitching staff uh, compared to the Brewers. But I don't know. I really don't. The Mets won't catch them, but they're not making the playoffs. I don't see Philadelphia in there. And I think it's great because awesome. Bryce Harper is the most overpaid. I think we're going to be talking that it's going to be a terrible contract for a long time. And I can't wait to have those conversations. Um, just all that hype, Philadelphia, their fans don't deserve it. You know, I hate that city. Can you um, look up his numbers? He's like he has 60, 19, and 73. He has a lot of RBIs. He's going to get 100 RBIs. He has a lot of year, strikeouts. But, uh, yeah, he strikes out a whole lot. Either way, he is not worth the money that he was paid. And the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, you don't win just like the Eagles super team that year. You don't win by uh, assembling a super video game team. You still got to get the wins, and this team doesn't have the Although energy. Aaron Nola has been great. Aaron Nola has been he's, awesome. He's found. If, if they make the playoffs or the wild card game, Aaron Nola is the biggest reason, not Bryce Harper. He's found. He's been phenomenal. After a really rough start. Yeah. He's batting 249. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 19 home runs, 73 RBIs, 129 strikeouts. 
Well, the RBI number is good. The average is His horrific. batting average with runners in scoring position, I believe, is one of the tops in the league. He's been awesome with runners in but scoring position. But even the home position. runs. Well, the RBIs are there. The home runs are low. I mean, we're seeing uh, – Look how many Juice people have – balls, Yeah, right? look how many people and have 30 home runs. Right? Yeah. Look where he plays. So many people have 30 home runs. Um, what's the, Max Kepler on the Twins has 30, 30 home runs. There's a random name for you. That's 11 more home runs than Bryce Harper. This guy with the juice balls right now, which I'm buying into big time, by the way. Uh, he should he should be you know he should be right up there with the tops with everybody mid thirties. Um, so uh, other winners in the trade deadline. Anybody else? To I love Tampa bringing in uh, Trevor Richards and also Nick Anderson from Miami. I think that was under the radar moves. That just extra pitching. Jesus Aguilar. He wasn't playing really in Milwaukee. I think that's a decent fit too. Him and uh, your boy Choi are going to split time at uh, first base over there. I thought that was a good move. Um, Scooter Jeanette went from the Cincinnati Reds to the San Francisco Giants for nothing. Yeah. Uh, cash considerations is basically nothing. And um, I understand that they had, you know, this kid Van Meter has broken out a little bit and they wanted to give time to this kid Aquino, uh, who they called up yesterday. But to get Scooter Jeanette, you know, when you're just, man, maybe we're in it, man, maybe we're not for basically nothing. I thought that was a steal and I'm surprised more teams weren't in on that. I don't know what Scooter's contract is, but do you, they're probably worried about the injuries now, and they're going to try to sell him as soon as possible because he had that all-star season last year that you all know I was backing up. I was the leader of that band. You were the leader. 100%. <laughs> and uh, now maybe it's like, okay, we got that all-star season from, let's trade him now because these injuries are probably going to be lingering with him for the rest of their career. So I think that's the reason why they went for nothing. But either way, worth the gamble for the Giants. Right. Braves got three guys in their uh, bullpen. What does that do for them? I thought it was huge. I really did. Definitely. They, um, you should be glowing right now. Yeah. <laughs> they went out there and, and really improved that bullpen. And I think bringing in somebody like Melanson, who is just that veteran presence that can hopefully calm somebody down out there and just, you know, that's been in the playoffs before and made a push before, I thought was great. Um, Shane Green, they gave up nothing. They really did. I, when you were hearing Carter Kaboom from Washington for Shane Green, I almost feared you were going to have to give up one of your top prospects to get Shane Green, which at this point you, you really would have anyway with the way the bullpen has been and, and the push you're trying to make. They gave up absolutely nothing for him. I thought they really did a nice job. Yeah, I think that uh, they needed a closer if they want to be a serious contender. Uh, but he blew his first save in his first game last night. What's up, Goon? Uh, Harper, runners in scoring position, batting average 385. Yeah. yeah uh, Can you look so- up the Scooter Jeanette contract? Um, so yeah, Harper's Harper's been big in the big spots, but it, it ha- they want to spend stupid money, yeah. uh, and stupid money doesn't equal wins, and we've seen that soon. Eleven twenty six over the top sports. Uh, Robbie D, Big Mike, Vinny the Shark with you, Goon in the house as well. Going to hear from Manny Kess uh, in a, just a couple of minutes. Uh, these two guys spoke to him earlier this week. Um, I'm excited to hear it. I haven't heard it yet, but they said he was a great talk. What do you got about uh, Scooter Jeanette? Hey, free agent for this year. Yeah, oh, well, so it's a shot. Why not? That's that's. How does a playoff team not take a shot and bring him in? Yeah, Yeah, like a legit player, not the Giants. Yeah, it's just weird. There's so many teams like the Giants, the the Reds, the Mets that that made some moves that made you think they're buyers when really they shouldn't be buyers. The Mets shouldn't trade prospects for Marcus Stroman. I'm sorry, it makes no sense. The Mets are a tweener team. The Mets last year, but they actually spend money next year. Mike, those are low level. When right. you compare them to what San Diego has, what Atlanta has, those are the Mets' top prospects. So it's the Mets' top pitching prospect, their third pet. It's Kellenic was already gone. Dunn was already gone. They have no future in the minor leagues. They should they just, be adding to their prospect pool, not trading away from it. That's fine. And I thought they were going to replace something with that with um, 
I thought you could have gotten a C-level prospect for Vargas, not a 26-year-old catcher hitting a buck fifty. Um, and <laughs> I thought that Zach Wheeler would have been the flip also to bring in prospects. But they had a very good draft on paper last uh, this past draft. They took that kid Beatty, who can hit. They took that pitcher Allen in the third round uh, or the second round, whatever it was, and then were able to sign him, which was huge. Uh, he was ranked the 12th best player in the whole draft. They didn't think they'd be able to sign him, though. So um, I don't have an issue with the Strowman deal. I really don't. You have another year on it. You're seeing that with teams now. The Cincinnati, I love the Trevor Bauer trade. Look at that rotation next year. Castillo, Trevor Bauer. Um, I still am buying Di Scafani, even though the Braves roughed him up a little bit. Uh, what's his name? Molly has, hasn't been bad either. That is not but a is bad But is Trevor role. Bauer going to sign in Cincinnati? All he wants to do is sign so one-year year. deals. He has another year. So you have him under control for next year. I'm just saying they have a good farm system as well. I think that's a team that, again, they're not going to be a wild card team, but I think you could be looking at a, a little under 500, 500 team next year. And then if you have to flip Bauer, you can. And even the Zach Greinke trade, we talked about this year. Garrett Cole's a free agent. You now have under contract next year, Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke and, you know, Sanchez, if you whatever you're going to do with that. And you have arms in the bullpen, uh, you know, Josh James, they were high on as well. So you have teams looking for the future, not just for this year. And I, I kind of like it because it's the Mets. I promise you, two of those prospects are going to be very, very good players. They're going to be names you're going to want. They're going to be top guys just because of the Mets. That. And you're going to go look back, looking back at this, shaming your GM like you've always done with any GM, whoever, whoever it has been. And it's just, just because it's the Mets. And even though this trade looks decent for you now. Corey Killebrew! <laughs> great average. Great all-time Great batting average. Um, just because of the Mets, what, two of these pitching prospects are going to be Pitchers you wish were on the Mets. I think Jared Kelnick and Justin Dunn, the Seattle trade, will be a trade that haunts the Mets. I don't think this trade Definitely. Will. Those guys, too. Um, I think Edwin Diaz will be better again next year. He will be between how great he was last year and how bad he is this year. Um, and I think he'll be a very serviceable, good closer. I really do. Um, and sometimes you just have to finish. It's not going to fix it this year. You Should need the offseason. Oh, yeah. And that should have been done two yeah. weeks ago. You can't do that. In my mind, you can't do that when you're trying to sell that you're trying to play for a playoff spot. And when you know that Diaz is going to be your closer of the future, you can't do that. Oh, Especially if you're telling me that the guy's mental. He was pulled two years ago from Seattle also. He, this happened. He wasn't as bad in Seattle two years ago. But he was pulled from the closer's role twice, two years ago in Seattle. And then he had that dominant year last year. And this was the ultimate sell high. And Brody Van Wagen, oh, we'll take him. Brody <laughs> bent over for Seattle. <laughs> I think that um, I hate I hate Brody. I hate what Brody's doing with them. There's no worse place to be in sports than a tweener team. If you're gonna suck, suck. Get Saquon Barkley. Get Dan. Get another top pick. <laughs> um, if you're gonna suck in baseball, you know, get Correa at the top of the draft. You don't want to be a tweener team, a right. seven and nine football team, a, a baseball team that finishes a you know seventy five to eighty wins. You, you, you want to do that on your way up. Or you want to be all the way down. And okay. I think that if you're going to suck like the Braves sucked for years, and now they're paying for it by actually having these top guys and they built a great farm system, I don't see that from the Mets. Well, Houston did the it, same thing as well. I but, agree with But they you. did what the, the Braves did. The right. Mets aren't doing that. What does Brody getting... think is the, is the top thing for this Mets team? Is this team going to compete for a World Series in the next three years? Rob, after you give DeGrom that contract and you bring in Cano, you no longer can then say it's time to rebuild. Just because he did it doesn't mean it's okay. It's not okay, but at the same time, he's made up his mind after the Cano trade 
that we're going to go for it. He wants when to he win. To he wanted, he wanted to be the guy who comes in here, shakes up the franchise, and puts them back on their winning ways. But it, it's questionable. And with the cap that they have and uh, how limited they spend over there, it's just very hard to do. But he's doing everything in his power at any cost, whether it's uh, giving up top prospects or not, to make this team good. But at the point they're at, it's not going to happen next year. He should be focusing more on the future of next season. You're talking about this prospect. He barely broke 100, McKay. That's what the Mets gave up. A okay. barely top 100 prospect. And he's going to be great now. Oh, stop. <laughs> well, he's a, he's he's a, be great now. a <laughs> Long Island kid that was their top pitching prospect. Right, that they moved up very quickly and that has struggled after he was moved up to He'll be better than Marcus Stroman because let me tell you something. Marcus Stroman isn't that great. Marcus, Marcus Stroman's very good. He's though. very overrated. And he's me. got balls, man. I want him pitching in a big spot. He was great in, in the, the postseason. <laughs> he was great in the postseason for Toronto. Yeah. And they made their one and run that they followed ever up had. that one run that they had with five ERAs until last well, night. He was an all star this year. He has a great ERA in the American he League was shit this year. Last night. He was not. Yeah, he couldn't throw a strike last night. 54 pitches. I'm sure there's a lot of emotion to do with that. And it's a lot. You're going to see it. It's the Pirates. They're the fifth worst team. The Pirates offense is very good. Pirates oh, offense right. has been putting up numbers say, uh, all year. I, I was watching that game a lot with the, the uh, Yankee game last night on my TVs, and there's a lot. They are they put up a lot of RBIs on that team. Like, a lot of people have, like, Their 60 RBIs on the Pirates that you just, like, no-namers that you would never even think. They're very underrated offense, honestly. Sterling Marquez on steroids again. He sucks, too, in my opinion. He's, he's having, having a hell of a year. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he's just one of those guys. See, I don't even pay attention to him. He's just one of those guys I'll never draft in fantasy. I always think he's ranked too high. He's just oh, a name that he's never – top 20 fantasy He's always player. on my can't can't draft list no matter where he is. He's, he's a guy that somebody should have paid for yes. in the pennant chase this year. The Pirates would have been better off trading him and getting some good prospects. Yep. There's a team that would have loved to have him in the middle of their batting order. And Josh Bell Love has to. dropped significantly since the uh, All-Star game. I actually yeah. thought of Stalling Marte for the Braves once Nick Markakis went down. That's the first name I thought of when I looked at crappy teams and good outfielders Kettle's that can better. help the Braves. Kettle Marte is better. I, I, I disagree. 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 But that's what we're here for, to agree with each other all the time and love each other. A <laughs> um, couple minutes before we get to um, Manny Cast, we should talk about the fact that football's coming. I mean, we've done football – Better than we've done anything. Big reason for that's Big Mike. Um, and everybody's already starting to do their mock drafts. Everybody has their draft dates set, all the plans done. You have draft dates and places set for next year already. Um, <laughs> but the big uh, story right now, because there hasn't been that big injury, knock on wood yet, um, is the two holdouts of the two top five running backs in the in the NFL. Yeah, and I think, after, I think Le'Veon Bell kind of set the – the president that we could sit out a year and it, it will work out. And I don't, you can't say the bell thing worked out because he didn't get the money that he truly wanted. But I think uh, running backs are saying, well, why not? And uh, Jerry Jones has already said that Zeke can last months into the season. And the Chargers have already said they prefer Eckler to Melvin Gordon. So why are they going to go pay him? That is, those are two players right now. If I had a draft in, within the next two weeks and we didn't hear anything, I would be very concerned taking either of them, especially Zeke, who goes as a top three pick. It's just every single season, one there's top running back this year, there's two that is pulling this crap to all your fantasy owners that you don't know what's going to happen. Le'Veon Bell issued an apology for not playing last year, and he was going in the top three picks of fantasy drafts last year. That's an apology. If you drafted Bell, you do not accept. Uh, maybe you buy into him this year. But Melvin Gordon, Zeke, I hate both of these holdouts because, you know what, I just can't stand – these players trying to get their money before they're supposed to get their money to protect themselves, especially at the running back position. Zeke has another year after this, and I think he's making a lot of money. He was the fourth overall pick in the draft. Of course, he's making a lot of money. I think he only makes like per year, 
three or four million dollars less than Todd Gurley, who's the highest paid running back in football. And he's demanding to become the new pay, uh, highest paid. And Melvin Gordon, I think this guy has no left whatsoever. They have, if I'm the Chargers, it's, you do whatever you want, Melvin Gordon. I like Eckler. I like Justin Jackson. They can play without Melvin yeah. Gordon. And you know what? He's been getting banged up lately, too. He's not a 16. He's not a sure thing for 16 games anymore. So you want to play that way? I'm not buying at all if I'm the L.A. Chargers on Melvin Gordon. I think he has no leverage whatsoever in his situation. So I'm the Chargers. I'm sitting back and laughing at him. You don't want to play this year? Okay, pull a Le'Veon. We ain't paying you. So we're ready to pay you. Get used to it and get ready for it to be Saquon Barkley because that day is coming. Well, they're going to pay you. I mean, that's, As John, well, that's, what, that's the team. But, but, yeah, but don't you think that Cowboys fans said the same thing about Zeke? I think there's so much hype after Amari Cooper and bringing him in last year that I think – there's a false hope of, well, if we don't have Zeke, we still have Amari Cooper. And that's a five-win team without Ezekiel Elliott. Saquon will get his money. He's a Gettleman guy. And you know Gettleman cares about his guys. That's, uh, that's the guy he started building the franchise around. So he's going to give it to him. Uh, it's just a matter of when. And we got a little bit of time for that. So Zeke's base contract this year, he's only owed 3.8. But next year, he's owed 9. And that puts him with a Todd Gurley per year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this year he's still he's getting 3.8 his base, but he's only right. getting a $4 million signing bonus. So These he's going to make so like he's seven million. Just under a hair under eight million. I have no problem with them doing this at all. I, I have to take fantasy out of it. It sucks in fantasy. No problem with them doing it. A running back shelf life is so, so, so short. You want to get yours. This is a business. They can cut you in the NFL at any time and not pay you your contract, unlike any other sport. So you want to play that game, NFL owners? Well, I'm going to play the game too of holding out until I get what I think I'm worth. And if I'm an NFL owner, there's no running, there's no position in the football that's more replaceable than the running Agreed. back position. And yes, we're talking about three elite running backs here. Well, I'm going to throw Saquon out of here because he's not in the mix right now. No, he's not. In the mix. We are talking two elite running backs in Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon. But they're following the lead of Le'Veon Bell, and that's what happened. Le'Veon Bell stood his ground, and okay. he was a martyr for these guys. Let them sit out a full year of their prime. Right, that's the difference. Le'Veon Bell became a free agent. These guys are still going to be under contract next year. What's the Gordon contract, do you know, Goon? Zeke will still be under contract. He's not walking away as a free agent like Le'Veon Bell did. That's the big difference between the two. No, but the team's going to have their hand forced, especially when they realize how much they suck with Alfred Morris getting the handoffs in their backfield next you know, year they, that they want they to win. They should go trade for Melvin Gordon and just completely fuck up for Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> but if they're not going to trade Zeke, they're not going to pay for Zeke. Why would they pay Gordon for Melvin? Gordon cost a hell of a lot less than Ezekiel Elliott. Gordon is, on his last year's contract, owed $5.6 million. I would pay him, and I would tell Zeke, go, ahead, go, you know, go push another bouncer at a concert and get uh, arrested again. <laughs> Yeah, and his offseason doesn't help him. Why don't, right. don't should I trust this guy? Right. Is this a guy I can invest in and, and put this amount of money uh, over his head? No. And he's going to behave himself? But he hasn't showed any signs of that. He's He's been an issue. He had the suspension last year. He's uh, he's a guy I would not want to be – I wouldn't want to pay him until the day comes. I'm not trying to pay him a year early just because he's going to be an asshole about it. And there's no more ruthless of an owner than Jerry Jones. He's basically like, all right, we'll win it without you. Um, I think in negotiations, that could be a stalemate that lasts a long time because – Jerry Jones is not the kind of guy that's given easily. They still got to pay Dak, too. Who? That guy sucks. Yeah, that's Get out of here. I'm waiting for that. Get out of here. I that want to see a lucrative sucks. deal. I want to see a lucrative deal for Dak Prescott. I want Dak Prescott to play a full year without Ezekiel Elliott and be exposed that he's worse than Daniel freaking Jones is. That guy is so bad. All he can do is dump off passes and rely on a great offensive line and a great running back. And Daniel he Jones sucks. That Daniel guy. Jones is not getting a fair shake. And the Giants are a big laughing stock right now for a player that has yet to throw a ball. And I'm, this is coming from someone who, uh, who I liked as the second quarterback off the board, which he was. I was surprised that he went sixth overall. Didn't see that coming. And this is coming from somebody who hates Duke. 
So, but I watched him play a lot. I watch a lot of ACC football. He can make some throws. He does have a lot of Eli in him. But I can tell you right now, I'm sure he's not going to be ready year one. I just think it's not fair. He's not getting a fair shake by the media. There, uh, we saw that thing on ESPN where he kept saying, "Improve, improve, improve." Like they're just going out of their way to make this guy the biggest joke and the laughing stock. And that's why I'm just pulling even harder that we owe Gettleman an apology and making the right move with this number six pick. But it's not going to be easy when everybody, the media, everybody, Twitter, everything is against Daniels. All the odds stack up against him. Daniel Jones will be starting at least at the the Bear game after the bye. Probably. I don't think he plays no chance. Oh, I think he plays unless Eli gets Sharma injured. He's already will not. setting us up for it by saying he's ready. He's ready. He has to say he that. He will one hundred percent be starting this season. I'll make think. a very friendly bet with you about that. <laughs> unless Eli gets hurt. Eli gets hurt. Everything's like off. He is not going to go in there this year and start at all. And the only way he'll start is if Eli gets hurt or if they're 3-10 and 10 and it's week 15. Say, three, three they're 3-10 and, and, and something like that. Go ahead. But that would mean starting yeah. without an injury. Well, you're, saying, you're saying after the bye. No, unless That's they're 0-8. The well, they got, they'd have to be 1-9 or 2-8. Oh, stop. I'm, he, will 100%, he will be starting that Bear game or shortly after. Let's say, let's say this. Uh, let's say three and nine, Daniel Jones takes over for Eli Manning, who's not getting hurt, and he's getting replaced by Daniel Jones because he's supposed to be the future. So, do we owe Eli a week 17 start as a farewell? He doesn't want that. Yeah, he that, doesn't want no that. That's also telling you right now we're not taking you back because he, he wants to play football. They're not taking him back regardless, unless he has an all pro year. Are you he guys, throws for 4,400 yards right. and leads him to eight or nine wins. He's not coming Which back. Which would next be year. make me the happiest person in the world. All right? of us. We make Mike nothing, nothing will make I me happy. Hopefully, he retires off into the are you, Yeah, are you ready to see him play in another uniform? No, it would break my heart. And do you think he would start on another team? No. No, he's not going to play. If he's no other team. Is, no other team is going in the direction of bringing in a forty, a thirty-nine-year-old Eli Manning next year. What? Why would they go in that direction for their franchise? The only other team I would say, I don't know what the Flacco contract is, but I could see Denver because I don't think Drew Locke is going to be anything special. They got to start going back to the young ways. They, they've got to find out if he's. Know. They've got to find out if he's special or not, though. And the only way to do that is to let him play, Denver's, not to bring in another. Uh, veteran quarterback. Denver has been that suit for years, Mike, where they take these big guys right. like that, um, those big name quarterbacks that are late in their Otherwise, I don't know. But I don't know. I think now that they got locked, they got to invest in him with the first round pick of a quarterback. And we'll we'll break down the whole Giants and the NFC East as we do our divisions and fantasy stuff coming up in the next couple of but weeks. Before you but, get um, into it, you're convinced right now, no injuries. We'll be seeing Eli Manning in Chicago. Yes. I think so. Oh, oh no, hundred percent. Oh no, no, no. They, the Giants did not bring <laughs> in. So. This no, guy no. to rush him. They did not make the moves they made. Did you see what week that is? Is that nine or ten? I'll tell you There's what. Though, no, might, that's too early. It might be a bad sign because that means if he's if we're if we're sucking at that bye. When's our bye? Week uh, week eight. It's late, right? Week nine. We got it right now. It's right after the bye. Yeah, give me that. I'll give you a record. Let's say we're four or five games under five hundred, and we don't see Daniel Jones at that bye. That means this week's week twelve. Not so they've played ten Daniel games. Daniel Jones will very be starting late. that Bears game. If we don't, they him, have to be two uh, and eight. If we don't see him with a two and eight no record, way. that's the problem. They're not going to be two and eight. They're going to start this season probably two and one, two and two. They could. They could. They, really they can't be start. Buffalo and Tampa Bay and Washington. There's a, I'm They're going to be right up there. That, uh, who does the Giants? They have a very easy schedule. Quiet confidence. Yes, their defense though, but their schedule's easy. Easiest schedule they had in years. Their defense is definitely a problem. There, if you, Mike, I'm, Mike, we have to get to uh, Manny Cast, and we won't just a second. But Mike, and we did this last year, yep. and and you were so wrong on one team, and I was so wrong on another team. <laughs> so it means absolutely nothing. But you're telling me that you know between Dallas, Buffalo, Tampa, Washington, Minnesota, New England, Arizona, Detroit, who sucks, Dallas, 
who sucks, and, and the Jets who suck. We can't get three wins, four wins. Tampa's got a new coach, Bruce Arians. What does that mean? Buffalo is improved. I, I think they could beat Washington out of them. I don't understand, after looking at last year and looking at this year, how we could say the Giants are that more improved after trading Odell Beckham. But that's not our argument. We're not saying the Giants are that much more improved. They were a four-win team last year. How are we finding more wins this year? They have an easier schedule, and they have a better offensive line. That's the only thing you can sell me on. And the distraction is guns. Oh, stop. Oh, I hate that. I I can't go on that. (laughs) Speaking of the distraction, Manny Kess was a good friend of Odell Beckham, so we talked to him about that when we got into the interview. Uh, are we, we going to slide in right now? Yeah. Clem? All right. Let me tell you a little quick brief thing about Manny Kess here. He works for the Kess Group. Uh, really, really awesome guy. Chill dude. Uh, low, to, low to earth. Um, from New York. Now he lives in Vegas. He runs Vegas now. So, guys, he does these top athletes like Von Miller, Odell Beckham, Kevin Durant, uh, Jarvis Landry. He hooks them up. Uh, you, give him a, you give him a budget, but he can hook you up, too. Your average Joe's. You give him a budget. You say you want to do this, this, this. You want to go to this pool club, this pool party, this uh, restaurant, blah, blah, blah. With your budget, he will get you in everywhere. He can get you in shows. If you go through him, he can get you in places that are booked already because he's got that kind of connection. He is the guy you – he will change your Vegas experience. So it was great. Me and Big Mike talked to him, and uh, here it is, Manny Kess, VIP manager, owner of the Kess Group. Check out his website at thekessgroup.com. So we are joining over the top sports by Manny Kess. He is the CEO of the Kess Group, which is a VIP concierge company that manages some big names in the sports industry. And he creates some crazy, crazy events, and he's been doing this for a long time with his sister, Elena. So, Manny, thank you for joining us. Uh, the history of the Kess Group, how did it come about, and what has the whole process been like? Well, thanks, guys, for having me today. I appreciate your time. Uh, we started the Kess Group a little over seven years ago. I personally moved out to Las Vegas a little over eight years ago, and I uh, started working for one of the nightlife groups, and after a year, decided to go my own way and start my own company. I just wanted to be able to curate custom experiences and not have to make my clients pick and choose a venue that I had to be working in. So instead of saying, okay, you have to go to, let's say, the Wynn because that's where I'm working or Wet Republic or whatever the case might be, now I can curate a whole weekend and my staff and I go with our clients to whatever venue we decide we want to go to. We're not limited. So what type of services do you offer, and why you? Why should uh, somebody going out to Vegas choose the Kess Group? Well, we have a full-service concierge company, so it can be something as simple as booking your hotel room to your dinner to a night out in the town with significant other, friends, family. To We've done 2,000-person corporate events. We've done buyouts of venues. So it's pretty much the full gamut. Whatever you can think of that you want to do and accomplish, we can make happen. The why, it's reputation. You know, we are well known for curating unique experiences. And like I mentioned earlier, we don't have any limitations. So we can basically, we work with everyone in town, all the hotels, all the restaurants, all the nightlife groups, and then we can curate and make a specific itinerary that caters each person or group's needs. That's really that's uh, the long and short of it. I mean, we work for the client. So basically, uh, I know you represent a lot of athletes. We'll get into that soon. Basically, if I could come to you with a budget, uh, say a bachelor party, I'm with 10 guys. We're willing to spend X amount of dollars. We want to do this. We want to get hit this restaurant. We want to hit this nightclub. You want to do this pool party. You can hook us all up for this and figure out the best way to assemble all of that for us. Yes. And what we'll do is we'll go a step further. You know, like people – come to Vegas and say, oh, I want to go to this particular place. We'll call it, you know, Club A. Well, 
my question, my first question is, why Club A? Well, because if you say my cousin went there five years ago and had a great time, that might be a problem because five years ago, that club might have been very different than what it is now. So my, my first priority is to find out what the group wants to do, give them several options, and then we can have a discussion and decide what the best itinerary and plan is for them. Because just because your cousin came a few years ago and loved the place does not mean you're going to love it. And you um, mentioned, we mentioned before, a lot of big-name athletes have used your services. Uh, we're talking Odell Beckham Jr., Von Miller, Jarvis Landry, Diggs, John Wall, Kevin Durant. How often do you get to see these guys, and what kind of services do you offer these big-name celebrities? Well, I mean, our niche is, is kind of professional professional athletes. So, obviously, we started with a handful of guys that we knew, and over the years, we've grown into where we are today, where we take care of roughly 30 40% of the NFL, a quarter of the NBA. Um, and it depends. I mean, there's a couple of guys, like you mentioned, someone like Von Nodell. They come to Vegas a few times a year, so I see them at least two or three times a year in Vegas, and then we're good friends. So I'll travel, I support them. You know, I go to Denver to see Vaughn play. I'm going to be going to Cleveland to see Odell. So it all depends on the, on the person and what they do. Some of the guys that don't come to Vegas anymore, you know, we hang out socially. Well, we might hit a trip together. We might go to Miami. We might go to L.A. for an event. I mean, we just finished doing this massive charity basketball game last month for the ESPYs, and it was a massive success. We had over – 200 athletes come support us, about 25 of the guys playing the game. So depending on who, who it is, where they live, what they have going on in their life, I mean, we're, we're constantly in contact. So it's, it's a blessing. You know, that's a really fun part of my job where I meet amazing people and we get to carry that not just for business but into a personal relationship, which is amazing. And it sounds like you're talking about the second annual 50,000 charity challenge hosted by uh, Mayweather and Gronkowski that you co-produced. Am I right? You are correct, yes. And give me a little more information about that. You know, somebody like you from New York who goes out to Vegas, makes a name for himself, and now all of a sudden is co-producing an event with Mayweather and Gronk. I mean, it, it's quite the story, you know? I mean, that's true. I mean, listen, truth be told, there were a lot of people together that made that event happen. It wasn't just myself or my company. We were just one one piece of a very large pie. And um, we're lucky. We have a very good relationship with Floyd. He's not only... He loves to play ball, but he's also very um, – he's got a huge philanthropic heart. The man does so much of charity that goes unnoticed. So when we approached him last year, he played in our game last year. But then when we approached him, we said, hey, listen, this year it's going to be bigger. We want you to be the captain of one of the teams. He was all for it. So he was a very big part, part of the equation. And obviously with his recognition and his global presence, it was very easy to get a lot of other people to join. We um, – we raised a lot of money and also a lot of awareness for, for a great charity. But the beauty of it is everyone that played was given a check to their charity. So Floyd got to give money to his charity, Gronk to his, et cetera. So a lot of the guys were able to give back to their individual charities. So together it was pretty cool. We did over – we had close to 8,000 people attend the event. So it was pretty massive. And, yeah, a kid that was born in Staten Island and, and raised in Bayside, Queens, not bad. Going, going to the West Coast. Good for you, Manny. That's awesome. So a little side note here. Um, you mentioned you're, you're familiar with Odell Beckham. He is your friend. He's done some services. 
We're uh, very big Giant fans over here at Over the Top Sports, so I just want to get a little thoughts from you and pick your brain about the Odell trade and maybe have a little inside track speaking to him. How do you feel about the trade? We hear him coming out all the time, but you as a close friend, is there anything you could tell us about how Odell handled that trade and what he's looking forward to in the future? I mean, listen, I personally was shocked. He loved New York. I mean, I think he's a he's a great asset on and off the field. Um, definitely, there was a lot of shock the way that the way that it went down, the way that things happened. I can't speak for him, but I can tell you as as a friend of his, I, I wasn't happy with how things turned out. But he's excited. He's loving Cleveland. He's getting to play with Jarvis, who's one of his closest friends. And I think right now, with with everything that's going on around the league and with all all the chatter, he's just excited to get back on the field and show everyone, you know, what, what they're missing, including the Giants. So there's a lot of excitement. I think he is – I don't think. I know he's healthy and he's very motivated. So it should be a very interesting and entertaining season in Cleveland for those guys. All right, so let's talk Vegas again since you basically are uh, Mr. Vegas, let's say that. Everybody wants to party with you <laughs> Vegas, right? What is the number one mistake made for people who go to Vegas? The number one, I mean, it's a tough one, but I think the number one mistake people make is they heard about some place and they think it's what they need to do. So, for example, you know, you, you've never been here before, but your cousin came three years ago with his wife and kids and they stayed at some place and they checked out this pool and this party and because they had the best time, you automatically think, oh, my God, I need to go to that place. When, in fact it's the complete opposite of where you want to go because what your cousin and his wife and kids did is not what you want to do when you're single coming out here with five-year boys. So it's listening to people that aren't professionals in that field and just following advice blindly. And I want to be clear here just as a follow-up is you're not just exclusive to athletes. You're, you know, random Joe Schmo taking a trip out to Vegas should be giving you guys a call and having you plan and set up his trip. Absolutely, yeah. We don't. Not, there's nothing too small or too big for us. We just want to give people a unique experience. We work with all budgets and all people. We're lucky that we've had the, the opportunity to work with a lot of athletes and you know foreign dignitaries. We've worked with some amazing celebrities, but we also deal with you know. Listen, I'm from New York. You know how many guys I have that come out here from New York, just from the neighborhood. It doesn't matter. We want to make sure that people have the best time with their budget, however big or small it might be. So we're talking as the big-time VIP manager, and you just heard it. This is the same guy that hooks up guys like Odell Beckham, like Von Miller. He's got the big-time names over there, and you could be partying and getting your events planned with the same exact guy, the VIP manager, Manny Kess. Thank you so much for coming on Over the Top Sports. We really appreciate your time. We're going to spread, out the, we're going to spread you out. We're going to get your name out there. And, uh, hey, I go to Vegas uh, two to three times a year. I'm going to have to use the Kess group again. That's what everybody's got to go to. You want to hit up the Kess group. You want to deal with Manny Kess because he's going to give you the best time you ever had in Las Vegas. I appreciate your time, guys. Thank you for joining us, Manny. Man. So that was VIP manager Manny Kess. I think he's definitely worth I know the next time I go to Vegas, I'm not just saying this because he came on. I want to check out his services because I'm, uh, I'm very big on the VIPs, not even because I just like balling out. I like sitting down. When I go to the clubs, I want a place to sit down. I don't want to be in those crowded areas. So I'm always looking into the VIPs, get a nice dinner and a pool party. It seems like it doesn't matter what your budget is. Obviously, he's going to get some kind of cut of it. But this guy runs Vegas, and he can get you in places that are even closed and blocked off to anybody if you use his services. So Manny Kess, awesome dude. 
Uh, we look forward to uh, hearing from them again. And the, the Kess Group is where you want to check out if you go to Vegas to have the best experience possible for your time over there in Las Vegas. And I've been trying to get Mike out to Vegas forever. Maybe this will be the final uh, nail in the coffin that gets him to come <laughs> out with us. Out Still trying to get you out there. The one thing I want to ask Manny um, is, what's the budget where I can get Odell and Bob Miller to meet me out in Las Vegas <laughs> and party with them? I wonder what the price on uh, his head would be for that. That guy, that guy lives the life, man. He, he gets paid to party with athletes. Uh, yeah, I have a... He represents the biggest athletes, and he can even help you out, too. I have a good friend that does the same thing as him in New York, and he was at the same Gronkowski-Mayweather uh, charity game that uh, Manny Kess was. And, and I asked him if he knew who Manny was. He's like, yeah, you hear about him all the time. So he's legit, and uh, you guys should check him out as well. Um, but just a couple minutes left in the show, guys. So uh, we're back here for, uh, for good now. So we took our sabbatical, um, but a ton is coming up, Mike. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of things we could hit on. I just saw on – just on Twitter during that interview, uh, the Phillies sent Michael Franco to AAA, which is, I think, uh, more of just an eye-opening move for the team of, uh, you know, we're going to try and shake it up without a trade and, and try and get you guys fired up. Uh, the Angels placed two pitchers on uh, the DL, which is huge because you have to feel bad for Trout, right? I mean, when are they ever going to surround this guy with any sort of talent? And usually it's pitching talent. It's not even offense. It's pitching. And then the last thing um, – the Steven Jackson contract signing to me where they want to drug test him after is just, it's almost a joke. And the NFL is trying to defend it guys saying that anybody who uh, signs a contract and hasn't been drug tested in a year, it just automatically triggers. And, but I mean, come on, you're trying to, they're trying to do a nice thing. Rob, that's your boy, Steven Jackson, trying to retire him one day as a Ram. And now they, they want to drug test him, which he said he won't be doing. It's just a joke. It's another joke of the NFL. He should do a ton of drugs and then take the test. Because what are they going to do to him? Yeah. He should just get all messed up, take the test, fail in every single way, and be like, okay. But maybe that ruins his, uh, tarnishes his name a little oh, bit for, for Ring of Honors. And I don't think he's I like could see Marshawn thing, Lynch but... doing that. Oh, <laughs> Marshawn sure. would do that. For sure. But that'd be celebrated because everyone likes, you know, that's Marshawn Lynch. So you could do that. But we have, we have so much coming up for you. It's great to be back. It's great to see you all again. Uh, I love doing the show. We got division previews, uh, of course, fantasy, 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 everything over unders uh, for football. We all we we are a very big football show. We want to help you win those fantasy football leagues. Big Mike is continuing to help you win these fantasy baseball leagues. Always on our Twitter, giving advice for fantasy nonstop. We'll be rating your fantasy teams again. So when you do your drafts, send them over, and Big Mike will tell you what you messed up, what he likes, what he doesn't like, what you should do in the future, who you should pick up. That's the guy. He's been running your leagues. He's been doing a phenomenal job. So you always want to do that here. And we're always going to be covering fantasy at a nonstop base on this show. Manny Cast runs Vegas. Mike runs half of your fantasy team. <laughs> yes. Mike should get the cut that Manny Cast <laughs> There's gets. a few of them where I wish I could just take over. There's, even if, even yeah. if you got the 10%, you'd be okay. I, I read most of the DMs, and our DMs flock up with these things because uh, you're a big hit with them, and that's great. And, uh, yeah, there's certain teams where you're just literally making every move for them pretty much. <laughs> Mike knows his head and drops. Yeah, <laughs> and um, it looks like we're going to be back on Saturday morning, so I'll always have my college bets for you i'll send my nfl bets for you and That's also two weeks away or three weeks away three weeks away three weeks away now i can't wait it's going to start up uh the real real season starts after that but you do get some games three weeks so four weeks it really goes underway but three weeks we do get a couple games in there miami versus florida you get a ranked team over there as well so that's going to be fun so always check us out here dfs we're always going to be covering you we got your fantasy back thank you to the lady um <laughs> But yeah, and and the big thing that you know we talked about, um, you know we talked about the trade deadline and the winners and losers. We're we're all gonna have to wait to find out. With the Yankees, it's gonna be October, but that's what we're here for. We do edit shows throughout the weeks. So it's not always just Saturday morning. We go up on Monday nights before Monday night football a lot of the times. 
uh, special shows. Mike has his own podcast. Vinny has his own, uh, I guess they're like spinoff podcasts of uh, over-the-top sports. So uh, they help you with money in all the ways they do. So definitely find those out. We'll be putting more of those out there. Goon, so happy to see you. <laughs> so happy to you see you. You did a great job with the camera today. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good thing we talked about that before the show. I was going to wait till we were off there for that one, but uh, definitely uh, definitely going to get out there. But, uh, Absolutely. So the next time we see Goon, according to Daniel Jones, will be the Giants starting quarterback. But, uh, also, we do have some guests lined up. We'll try to get them on as soon as possible and uh, so promote those. I do have a final thought. It's Carmelo Anthony. He went out to ESPN's first take this week as a sympathy plea to try to get back into the NBA saying he wants to play. He also took a shot at the Knicks. They asked why he never won it before his, uh, his age now. He said he never had the team. Okay, Carmelo Anthony, you, you are just the cancer. He's blaming everybody else except for himself. Still, so Carmelo Anthony, I hope you don't get a job in the NBA because it's, it's continuing to make me laugh. You suck. Most overrated player in NBA history. Mike, final thoughts? I don't have any. Um, the David Griffin cop. We didn't talk about that, but him bashing LeBron. I mean, if there was a David Griffin jersey, I'd buy it. Yeah, that's great. You see LeBron the way he acted his kids' basketball games? Oh, it's I can't. Stand you seen it. the video of that no. stuff? He yeah. acts like a complete fool. I don't follow LeBron James on Twitter and Instagram because I don't care about his. Life. Me neither. But, but people but, enough people retweeted. And, and the stupid thing about Twitter, somebody likes it that I follow. It yeah. shows up on my timeline. I don't like. That. I give a crap what somebody like else likes. If I want to throw a shady like, I don't want my followers seeing it. Uh, not only that, if I <laughs> if I want to if I want to follow somebody, I'll follow them. That's the only way I'll see them. Right. Um, but and and the most important thing, thoughts and prayers, El Paso, Dayton. It's going on too much. So uh, got to find a way to fix it, guys. Um, we're fixing the show too for you. So uh, we'll be here. I'm guessing next Saturday morning. Yeah. I'm sure we'll discuss between ourselves all week when. But it'll be here and it'll be with you guys. And a big part of it will be to start getting you guys ready for your fantasy football drafts and the NFL season. But until then, um, have a good weekend. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy your last weekend uh, free of any kind of uh, NFL football because the preseason gets into full effect next week. And I know the degenerates that bet on it, especially you who bet on Geno Smith against, <laughs> <laughs> against the Jets in the second half. Blindly. You are awarded the stupid idiot of the week. See you guys later. <laughs> good night, everybody. Check out our website, www.overthetopsportshow.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sport, no S, and on Instagram at Over the Top Sports Show.